Hey, Uncle Weed, why don't you break out some of that private stash? I'm hunkered down under a makeshift driftwood structure of some kind in Clackwad Sound on the west coast of Vancouver Island. This is an example of what happens when rainforest doesn't get any rain for an entire summer. <laughs> Not even fall. I'm sure the international media is having a great time. The rainforest is out of water. Maybe we'll make things a little bit better, if not perfect. You're on this path, and it's right where you're supposed to be. So don't, 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 don't. A little better, if not perfect. A little better, if not perfect. Uh, Rainforest Dispatches continues on Chugalon. And, you know, after a few days of wandering around the woods and exploring the beaches and trying to sort these conundrums out to myself, second-guessing what I'm thinking, I decided to roll into the town of Tofino and meet with some friends, so to speak. In this case, it was a fellow named Kevin Bruce. And as you'll hear in the interview, he had just arrived in town a few days before to be the office coordinator for the Friends of Clayquot Sound. They are uh, an advocacy group that, well, keeps an eye on what's going on out there, what's being logged, who's responsible for what. So I was able to get a fair bit more information about really what's going on out there. So without giving away the whole episode, I do want to very importantly point out that Kevin was speaking to me as a private citizen, so to speak, not as a representative of the organization. This was really important uh, for me because I wanted, I'm, I was more interested in his personal feelings and motivations and passions about why he had come out uh, to live in this corner of the world to work uh, to protect the trees. And I didn't want him to have to have the pressure of fill, you know, speaking on behalf of the company cause, uh, or the organization because, of course, they have um, all sorts of relationship and be careful what they say. So do keep that in mind and respect Kevin's words are indeed his own. All right. Well, we're heading into town then. Come along. Chuglin' on in Clackwat Sound, and this time with Kevin Bruce. Kevin's the office coordinator of yeah. the Friends of Clackwat Sound, which is an organization I became familiar with in the blockades back in the 90s. It seems like a, a million years ago now. Kevin, you moved out here recently to help out the Friends? I moved in uh, into Tofino about 10 days ago. <laughs> Excellent. How are you finding the real estate market? Uh, well, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's for the rich. Uh, I found that out. 
and uh, I'm living in my van right now. So uh, <laughs> apparently this town of uh, 18,000 uh, will be a town of 1,800 soon, so I'm hoping uh, something opens up. Yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, with this water ban going on, the, 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 the almost water ban mm-hmm. or whatever, it's, uh, I almost expected to see all the people pulling out a few days early, but holy smokes, it has got to be the busiest weekend of the year, and it's just jam-packed. Well, it's, it's picked up, actually. Uh, uh, a week ago, this place was packed. A few days ago, it was empty. You could shoot a cannonball through the town, except you probably would have hit some journalists uh, <laughs> or, or a news truck or something. Uh, but, yeah, it was pretty empty. Uh, people uh, were laid off uh, almost immediately because we didn't see a, a, a quick solution. We still don't have a quick solution. You know, we, we have a, a, uh, um, uh, a slight solution to it. Um, but, yeah, the infrastructure here is for a small town, and... Uh, you know, global warming is happening right here. I mean, this is a this is an example of what happens when a rainforest doesn't get any rain for an entire summer. <laughs> Not even fog. That was the interesting thing. Apparently, uh, the condensation, the the, uh, the uh, fog uh, condenses in the trees, uh, and that actually helps the. Um, the water situation here in the summer but we haven't even had that it's been so dry i'm sure the international media is having a great time the rainforest is out of water <laughs> yeah well you know uh, as, as long as uh, as long as they're you know bringing up that point you know that that this isn't just you know uh, bad water management i mean this is this is this is a phenomenon that uh, um you know it, it's just representative of global warming uh you know it's it's not just that we have, you know, massive uh, 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 construction uh, in the past few years in this area that, that has, um, you know, put a lot of resorts. Uh, people go on holidays. They waste a lot of water. Um, and, and actually, one of the local uh, or one of the news uh, organizations, could have been CBC, was calling uh, some of the hotels and saying to the front desk people or asking, you know, what have, uh, what have you been telling people? Last couple months, you've had water restrictions in place. You know, people are asked to reduce their consumption. What have you been telling people? And the people at the front desk said, nothing. So, you know, we can blame tourism, but we can't blame the tourists if they, if they weren't told, if they didn't know. And, uh, and you know, quite honestly, uh, uh, it's up to everyone. Uh, even when they go home, when they go on holidays, too, this is about consumption. It's not mm-hmm. just about global warming. It's about, uh, you know, people realizing that, uh, you know, water's precious. Uh, well, everything here is precious, but... But, um, you know, this is a rainforest, and, and, it's, dr- and it's a drought. <laughs> no matter where you live, even if you've never seen this place, you have to understand that um, the environment is, is, is completely linked all around the world. You know, if you saw trees down in one place, it's going to affect the weather someplace else. It, it just, it's obvious that... Mm-hmm. Uh, um, that if you don't start with uh, with protecting what we've got here, and, and, and that's it, you know, if, if, if we had 10 more planets or something that we could just, oh, okay, this one's done, let's move to the <laughs> next one. But, you know, this, this, this is it. Like, 120 years ago, um, there was no industry here. There was, you know, the island was basically as it ever was, you know, as it has had always been. But guess what? In a very short amount of time, um, Vancouver Island has been... Uh, has been sawed down and uh um a lot of that stuff has um has been uh uh a a creation of jobs you know way back when and so people saw it as as a good thing but you know what with with uh, mechanization with industrialization and with the uh, the export of raw logs off of uh out of british columbia 
um, how many jobs does this even create? So, so even if right. someone was going to make the economic argument, oh, you know, it's about the economy, it's about the economy. Okay, you know what? Even if it's about the economy, how many people does it actually take to saw a tree down and throw it on a truck? Right. It's no, we're no longer talking about logging camps with uh, several dozen people and spending a day pulling the log down and yeah. then a team of people you know, pulling the log down off the mountain the next day. Yeah, if our grandfathers, you know... Uh, the uh, could, double-bitted could, axe. Yeah, if, if our grandfathers were, were, uh, were working in this type of, type of industry the way it is now, they wouldn't have been working in this type of industry the way it is now. Like, right. it doesn't employ many people. And, uh, and, and when you find out that... Uh, that you know, and okay, well, uh, but then you get to sell the tree, and and, and yeah, okay, yeah. So congratulations, uh, uh, an international, uh, uh, multinational uh, corporation is the one making the profit. Because you know what the stumpage fee is on a tree? It's like twenty five cents. So the, the the government of British Columbia collects twenty five cents from a tree, and and so you know, do do the math. Um, Four thousand trees is is you know a thousand dollars. I mean, is that is that what we're selling this place for? Unbelievable. Uh, you know, I, I think it's I, I I think it's it's and, and you know, um, talking about uh, uh, about the whole softwood lumber thing. I mean, people in the past were you know blaming the Americans because it's an easy thing to do. Oh, the Americans, you know, they're taxing us, and the Americans this, Americans that. Well, you know, think about it. They're even telling us that we're not selling our wood for enough. You know what I mean? Like, the whole equation is wrong. You know, sawing down old growth, selling it for nothing, exporting the jobs out of the country. I mean, where's where's the good part? You know, where's the, <laughs> where's the you benefit? Know, yeah. Like, I, okay, the, okay, so so let's, let's see. Um, you know, the, the salmon are all dead. The trees are all gone. The water's all screwed up because, uh, you know, if, if you see how important, you know, trees and earth is to water uh, and vice versa... Um, you know, okay, so now we've got a ruined, uh, uh, ruined environment. Uh, the, you know, the animals are all dead. Um, people are out of work. Um, where, where's, where's the good thing in that? You know, I, I just... It's not it, that there's floods of money coming in from yeah. the logging that's making the, it into a, a community with great schools and hospitals and, and roads and public resources Right, so even, even if and, you could sell, even if you could sell everything and just have a big, you know... Uh, Whatever, uh, you know, oh, hey, look all the money that we made, uh, you know, have a big bath in the cash. You know, you couldn't buy back all that stuff, but guess what? There's, there's no <laughs> cash back. Cash anyway. There's no money anyway. So, so really, what's the what point in this? You know, who, who are we actually selling this stuff to? You know, because, because, uh, um, it, we're getting 20, you know, we're getting nothing for it and we're losing everything for it. Right. You must have heard by now. It's on your green. The bandwagon, it helps to be seen. But it's not a simple job, saving the earth. So start with lip service, you know what it's worth. Time to clean up, that profits are high. Make a quick buck, let that be why The only thing green is to come their money. Politicians and businessmen. with the 
Now, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about the trees, because maybe I was a little naive in thinking so, but after the blockades and I was out of the country, and from the information I sort of filtered, you know, gathered through my filters, second and third hand, I thought, well, this UNESCO heritage designation and and parks, and it's just turned into ecotourism heaven, and, and well, coming into town and seeing uh, active logging and mountains clear cut and the rings of logging roads going around them well (laughs) i clearly was a little incorrect what's happened here since 93 well um yeah in 2000 uh clackwatt sound was designated as a unesco biosphere reserve and essentially what that meant uh, it, it meant some educational uh money um was given um to the area um mostly for education. Uh, it doesn't actually protect anything. Uh, the only areas, uh, I believe, that are protected, and, and please be kind to me because I've only been here, you know, 10, ten <laughs> that's, days. That's cool. Um, uh, are basically Strathcona Park and um, the part of Strathcona that, that cuts into uh, Clackwatt Sound and also the, um, the uh, National Park Reserve, which is, uh, mm-hmm. long, you know, Long Beach. And uh, so, uh, you know, that's pretty much... It. Uh, otherwise, there is a memorandum of, of, uh, of understanding uh, that was signed um, that uh, uh, logging that happens within Clackwatt Sound in the um, uh, in the uh, Crown lands, which is the uh, uh, the uh, the uh, tree farm uh, license uh, uh, areas, um, that that would meet uh, the criteria set set out by a scientific panel. And what that basically means is that. Um, that it wouldn't happen in the pristine valleys, that it would happen, that some logging would continue, that they would do second growth, that kind of stuff. But the logging that's about to happen, you might have heard more recently in the news this week, it was sort of two Tofino stories. One was, one was, oh no, we're out of water, and the second one was, you know, good lord, what's what's happening with this new logging? Well. The logging that's about to happen, or it, you know, they're building the roads into it now. Um, it's in an area that it's the ex uh, warehouser property, mm-hmm. and it was uh, purchased last year uh, by uh, I believe is a consortium um, that uh, they're going to clear cut it, or at least they say. Well, th- they are not under any uh, requirement to meet uh, any requirements set out by the uh, the uh, scientific panel. So they can do what they want. It's private land. They can do what they want. Mm-hmm. And they said they have said, you know, that they will use variable retention. But um, as uh, as has been, uh, uh, well, as is the case, variable retention just means leaving something behind. So that could be a single tree uh, in an entire cut block. Right, so, right. Um, that's, that's their choice um, because it's their land. And, un- and uh, unfortunately, nature doesn't uh, recognize the, the boundaries of between public and private li- la- lands no, quite so no, distinctly. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, some things live on that land, <laughs> uh, some animals, maybe a couple of insects. And, uh, you know, this is, a, this is yeah, they, there, there's no, uh, you know, historic understanding between animals and humans of, uh, uh, at least from the animal standpoint, where they should and shouldn't live. So, no, they live there now, and, uh, and the roads are already starting to cut in there, and apparently it's pretty nasty. The oh, road, building is, road building is extremely... Right. destructive and and then you know you've got salmon habitat you've got uh, you know the whole watershed issue it's uh, yeah I, I that and that's the thing it's a textbook 
textbook of interconnectedness. Mm-hmm. McMillan Bloedel um, basically uh, uh, <laughs> dissolved, um, and uh, part of that, fifty-one uh, percent of those uh, of the ownership in that um, became a First Nations-owned uh, uh, corporation called uh, ESOC. And but they do uh, they do uh, support the uh, uh, they are part of the the um, uh, um, the memorandum of understanding. Okay. And therefore, um, they try to stay within, you know, uh, so, you know, there is cooperation. Uh, it's, it's, it's their land, and uh, they respect the, uh, uh, the scientific panel um, direction. And so, you know, overall, uh, it, it seems to be working well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a relationship with them, although uh, the Friends of Clackwatt Sound um, are not a part of the Memorandum of Understanding. Uh, Greenpeace, uh, I believe, signed it, uh, and uh, um, the First Nations signed it, but uh, the Friends of Clackwatt Sound would ideally prefer that no uh, industrial uh, use of the uh, old-growth forests of the pristine valleys. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, and we haven't even got into salmon farms yet. So... Uh, um, you know, there. Are, uh, you know, we don't. Uh, we don't want to see uh, really any uh, any uh, cutting of any old growth, any change uh, at all. No, no uh, cutting into the pristine valleys. Nothing. Uh, um, yeah. So the friends did not sign the memorandum of understanding, but do uh, support the uh, the uh, the idea in principle. At least it's a dialogue where in, in 93 at the blockade line, there wasn't any kind of dialogue even seemed far-fetched. I remember a tremendous amount of tension there between uh, the villages of Tofino and Yukulit, the people coming from out of town that were often, uh, you know, um, pigeonholed as, as city folk that don't understand what's going on and just coming in here and running their mouths off. And then the loggers themselves driving the trucks who see the forest as their meal ticket and really would have a very adversarial and certainly not a kind attitude towards people coming in. Mm -hmm. Do you find that there's been any kind of healing in the community or is there still that tension on like what side of the fence people are on or has it become more of a shade of gray? And I know this is hard for you to answer being kind of a newcomer. Yeah, I've only been here 10 days. Um, Well, I think think, uh, within Tofino there's a lot of support. Uh, for the work the friends have done, uh, a lot of people understand that there, you know, there are no jobs. Sorry, as a car goes by, there are no jobs on a dead planet. You know, I, I think generally speaking, people realize that you know the environment is um, is something that we do need to protect. I mean, seventy five percent of this of, of Vancouver Island's been logged. I mean, this is all that's left. Um, you know, uh, there's there's lots of second growth, uh, and you know, there's a lot of other things we could be doing except cutting trees down. Um, uh, you know, uh, recycled material, uh, using other materials, you know, industrial hemp, things like that to replace. Uh, you know, most of the old growth that's cut down is, is used for uh, Kleenex and, and toilet pulp, paper. Yeah. They pulp it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not like... Uh, um, uh, you know, made into yeah. fine furniture. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's you know, it's it's just an insult to to you know to to go and 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 saw down something that can never be replaced, never ever ever be replaced. Because even if you grow a tree back and let it grow for eight hundred years, you know, you've probably pushed away everything that used to live in it, 
And the odds of, uh, and, and you know, if you push something into extinction, you'll never get it back. So, I mean, the trees are just the things that everything else lives in and around. You know, the salmon need the trees, you know, the uh, birds need the trees, uh, bears need the trees, everything needs the trees. So, um, you know, so, so even if you grow them back, it ain't going to be the same. Right. And now with tourism becoming such a major part of the economy where it wasn't near this huge 10, 15 years ago, the tourists are coming for, well, the trees, too, without the right. rainforest. And with nothing there, it's, uh, it's a bit of a buzzkill when tourists, I'm sure, for people who travel from far reaches around the world, expecting this bastion of environmental sustainability to come in and see logging trucks and water shortages and, and bald mountaintops. So it's a, it's a little bit of a conundrum there, for yeah, sure. Yeah, well, I hope people see that. I hope people you know, can see the, you know the forest for the trees kind of thing like i hope they can see that um you know very often um people don't even realize a clear cut has gone on because of you know where they put them like mm. e- even if you're driving past it on a highway the, the scenic fringe yeah yeah you know they'll, they'll keep like you know it, it's it's okay for a couple of trees deep and then it's the you know a moonscape yep. you know and uh it's a land of stumps so you know i, I kind of uh, hope that people do when they come here notice that uh it's it they, they may see more trees here than they see wherever they live, um, but there's a lot missing. But, you know, we have to keep it um, as, as uh, pristine as possible. I mean, it's, uh, this is all that's left. You know, this is, you know what, if the whole island um, was, was perfect, you could probably say, well, there's not, you know, there's nothing special about this place. But you know what, this is all that's left. So, you know, it's entirely special. Indeed. With the Friends of Clockwood Sound, with their their platform of stopping all logging of old growth, which I think is a magnificent goal, and and it seems like a no-brainer to me, what are the Friends currently doing to effectuate that? And what can people do to help? Well, join the Friends, become a member, uh, you know, give money, sign petitions, you know, support uh, uh, support the work we're doing here. Um, it's a small office, and it's a grassroots organization. We don't get a nickel uh, in uh, in any money from any companies, corporations. It's all our members and, and donors, anonymous donors. Um, you know, anything anything that people can do, um, talk to people. You know, read, listen. Uh, you know, educate people. Uh, find out uh, better ways of doing something. Okay. 
Well, that was worth 20 bucks. So if folks come through Tofino and want to see what's left of the trees and want to lend a hand, encourage, stop by the Friends of Clockwood Sound in the groovy little the groovy little clapboard house here at 2nd and Neal. There's a sign to it right off the main drag. But come in and, and make your holiday something more than, than surfing and ignoring the problems. There's really something better and bigger here that we can all create with a little bit of conscious cooperation. Kevin, thanks for all the insight and, and best of luck with you here on your mission and to, uh, to help the trees somewhere the Lorax is smiling at you. <laughs> Thank you. It's true. Indeed, you now have a friend in the Clackwatt Sound. My thanks, of course, go out to Kevin Bruce, and I do remind you again that he was speaking for himself, but I'm sure he would agree with me that supporting the efforts of the Friends of Clackwatt Sound is a noble effort. You can find information about how to track them down and more about the history and the memorandum of understanding at the website, so do stop by. You'll also find information about how to contact me to send in your own little audio snippet or musings about your recollections. Where were you during the blockades? Wander on over to Chugalon.com. It's ideal for ramblers. 